This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. And I'm joined by my co-host, Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. What's up, Dalton? How you doing? Doing all right. Uh, two and three last week, we went in the Super Contest. Not too happy about it, but um, otherwise, no complaints. What about yourself, Liz? Yeah, it sucked last week. You know, my, my picks were four and ten, two and three, as you said. We're, we're pretty much drawing dead. We're a game under 500. I mean, obviously, mathematically, we could do it, but you start looking at the odds. You know, if we went 15 and 0 or something, we get in it, but... It's very unlikely to do something like that. So, I don't know. I think we should just like pick teams for the joy of it now. You know, not like be so uptight about it. Let's just pick the teams that we just feel like picking for the hell of it. I I promise you, it won't go any worse. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, we didn't get the. I kind of fought for the Giants. They didn't cover, but the team I fought to not use was your Bills, and that was just an utter disaster. Not that you get worse credit for for losing badly, but well, no, um, but we didn't yeah. use them though. I know we didn't, but I'm we taking credit for saying, making sure we did not, is what I'm yeah, saying. You take I, credit for I using like, the Giants. Yeah. Exactly. Much better. You're, well, trying, to preempt, your you're trying to preempt the obvious criticism that should go your way. What, what, a, what an embarrassment, giants. your Giants. Jeez, they got <laughs> 49ers. I mean, costing me a higher draft pick. I don't know about that. That's just That was truly an abysmal performance yet again by your New York football Giants. Yeah, I don't care. We had Stefania Bell on today, and she was trying to drop some – smack talk in the same vein that you are right now and i just i don't even care like it's you know why would you care at this point like i there's people actually who do like if their team's two and ten they'll be like rooting like crazy for their team to win and i just don't understand that like it, it doesn't matter winning doesn't help anything i, I, I won a, the number one pick and i'm yeah. not even joking i say yeah. that yeah no i know it was bad that the niners won the giants did their job they went and lost it even i mean obviously mcadoo's gonna be fired but it just makes that even more of a certainty so it's it's great what happened, except that you insisted on us using them. That was the only negative. Yeah, right, right. Um, all right, what else? Uh, a couple funny things. Uh, so so Stopa, we talked about it on this pod quite a bit, but I um I uh, needed a I, I, Mike Evans as we as I said I, I Mike Evans on suspension and, and Amari Cooper on bye. You threw Ted Ginn at me. I threw an email out to everyone, you know, saying I'm desperate. I need a win. I will sell these guys on you know sixty cents of the dollar or whatever. And I got a few offers here and there, actually a handful. Um, and I was going to one. One was Peter Shanky was was Alex. I don't want to go over them all, but Alex Smith, which would have been a no brainer in a two quarterback league, especially since Cam Newton has a bye this week for me. But the Chiefs had a bye as well. Ah, and didn't help. He, right, and he and he had three quarterbacks, so he, he was willing to. You know, I mean, it wasn't like he was trying to get rid of him because of the bye. Like he he's sitting pretty well. Um, and Pino offered um, Shepard, Sterling Shepard. 
And I'm like, you know what? Like, I actually do like, you know, his setup now moving forward. I'm like, that's probably the best one. I'm going to sleep on it and see if anyone offers me a better in the morning. And I'll get up a couple hours early. And I, and I went to him. I'm like, all right, I'm down to do the, the Shepherd for Evans, which I, you know, was definitely the best offer. And I guess the deadline was midnight Saturday. Did you realize that? No, I didn't. But I, I was laughing my ass off when I heard Scott complaining about it, that he made you an offer. And then you went and tried to accept it after the deadline was over. Yeah, well, he should have, like, I mean, it's obviously my fault, but he, he could have, like... He could have said, hey, by the way, the deadline's tonight, so, you, you <laughs> know, you might want to make up your mind on this. Yeah, it's just, it's just fitting for a, just an utter disastrous year in Stoke before me, so that, that's just totally fitting. And, and it's funny, I told Peter the next morning, he's like, well, I need to fire my own GM because I have three quarterbacks and I didn't trade one. So he, he didn't realize it was a trade deadline either, so... Anyway, so that's so, that okay. Happened. So you want to hear something funny about my Stopa matchup? I was going against Jeff, and before the week started, the projections had me slightly ahead. And then you know I had some duds, just like McKinnon and Gronk didn't do much. Right. And so heading into Monday night, he had like an eight or ten point lead, and he had uh, three players going ahead too. I had Cutler and Parker, and he had Funches, Christian McCaffrey, and Landry. His three players scored five touchdowns. So I was watching that uh, Monday night game on Rewind on Tuesday, right. and AI had the Dolphins for God knows what reason against the spread. And you know when you watch a game and just absolutely nothing is going the way that nothing helpful is happening right. for you in the game whatsoever. And you know Jeff won by like forty over me that week. So my team's six and four, and I'm in sixth. But remember, the the last seed is by the high points total that doesn't right. qualify. And my team, because of the first week, I got like the record low points. I'm like 40, 50 points behind you in pain. So I played Peter this week. He lost Zeke Elliott, so I've got a shot to beat him. I think I'm favored. And so maybe I'll get in the fifth seed on record. But, you know, I, I may miss the playoffs. I was 6-2, and two and I may miss the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I didn't even I, – I did know that points thing, but I didn't quite realize – yeah, so I'm rooting for you to definitely not win, I guess, because the other guys in front of you have a – yeah, I'm ahead. So if the season ended right now, yeah, I'm just six points behind paying for that sixth spot. Okay, interesting. Because right. I, I ended up winning again despite not doing that trade. And then this week I have Cam Newton on without a quarterback. And I can't make a trade. So luckily, yes, this is the only time a person will say this. Luckily, I, I was able to get Blaine Gabbert uh, as opposed to not starting a quarterback for $0 uh, last night on the fab bid. And another thing, a quirk that I didn't realize is I bid on Jamal Williams, and you beat me to that, having a, a waiver priority that was, uh, I guess, lower than mine. It's not based on record. It's just a rolling list, which I guess is is fair because I've never been a big fan of the reward, the the ineptitude, you know. So I, I kind of like that. But right. did you, you see that you want? It, it would help. It would help you in life quite a bit. That system. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, enough. But anyway, that that that'll come down here to the end. It should be interesting. But it's it's funny that um, and I actually honestly thought of just bidding because I had. Uh, dead spots on on peterman or whatever his name is i did not think that they would bench tyrod taylor though it's pretty crazy yeah i think you know i have the chargers defense and i'm feeling right. pretty good right. about that i mean you know maybe he's good we don't know it, it he could be but it could also be a disaster like they get to the quarterback and rookie on the road could get beat up yeah i like um i like uh, i like that setup for sure if you have the chargers d um, couple other things, and then uh, you said you're tired. Well, I just want to run over a few things before we get to the game. I got right one away. thing for you after you after you go over okay. your things. Just uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but I've been making some some cross sport trades, football for basketball and league of leagues, which is which has been kind of interesting because we just totally fell out of it in football. And I want to man, Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard just will not return for us. So that's kind of kill us 
just just curious, making sure you're 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 noticing that I'm on it as far yes, as uh, you are. You're doing a good job. You need to get rid of those guys and your horrible draft picks of injured basketball players six months ago, nine months ago, is really costing us. But I'm glad you're making amends and trying to do something about it. After you botched football, there was no reason to use those players for football anymore. Right, right, exactly. All right, and then real quick, speaking of basketball, um, yeah, I wanted to use this space to say uh, you, I just saw news on Andre Snellings. Oh, you didn't know this? I didn't know it, no. Ah, I, I'm surprised I never mentioned it to you. Yeah, um, he called me a few weeks ago. And he told me, he's like, you know, ESPN is hiring him, and it's just a matter of a couple weeks for him to move and get a place in Bristol, and he's going to be their face of fantasy hoops. And, like, honestly, like, he was with us about the same time you started. You guys started about the same time. He might have actually been there before you, actually. Yeah, I think he's a little before me, but way back, my first Rotowire trip in Vegas, Stefania Bell was there probably about 10 years ago now. And, yeah, I met him, and he's been to everyone since. So, yeah, I think he's a little, dates a little bit before me even, yeah. Yeah, so he's been doing this for 13 years. He was doing the Hoops Lab blog, and, yep. you know, it was just like such high-quality stuff, but, you know, we were monitoring the traffic. It wasn't getting as much traffic as we would have liked, and we were like, what can we do to get this more out in front? And Dre, had, he'd done everything he possibly could. He'd done articles. He'd done the projections. He had, you know, done podcasts. He had been on XM for years and years, mm-hmm. and we're like, well, this guy just, he needed a bigger audience, and, like, we were just kind of stumped. Like, we we're trying to provide it, but... You know, we're sort of a we're a small independent site. We're a pay site, mm-hmm. and then seemingly out of the blue, ESPN was looking for a basketball analyst, and I don't know exactly how they contacted him or he contacted them, but they, they hired the right guy, and it's just really good timing because I felt like he'd graduated, like he did great work for us, and he was doing great work, but it was like this dude needed a big audience. He just was a guy that needed um, his stuff to be read at a, in a, on a wider level, so. It's a really good fit, and uh, it's that's great. It's like it's just, yeah. it's like he. It, I mean, ESPN hired the right guy. Like it's just he's a basketball nut, you know. And and he had a pretty high level job. He was like a postdoc. I don't know exactly what he did. He was like a PhD, post PhD research stuff, and uh, he dropped that in a heartbeat because <laughs> basketball's his thing, and he. He's doing it. So, yeah, congrats. Yeah, to no, that's what I was going to say. He has like a, a crazy other job outside, and he was just doing this on the side. But the fact that he's moving his family to Bristol suggests that, yeah, he got a, he's got a legit job. So I'm super well, happy. This, this was his dream. Right. His, it's like this is what he was into. You know, everybody gets a job. People, not us. We got, we got out of that racket. But most people get a job because they have to support themselves. And then, you know, you have a hobby that you're super into. But this is the thing that he would, you know, obviously would have chosen and eventually did choose. Yeah, no, con- congrats to Dre. Love the guy. I shot him a text congratulating him. And uh, well done again, Rotowire, another uh, impressive uh, graduate from, yeah. from your institute. We're, 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 kind of, we're like the Harvard of the uh, fantasy sports business. I don't know how you got in, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, you do. My parents paid, That's paid right, them it's off. That's right. a legacy admission, yeah. basically. Exactly. All right, what do you got for me, Liv? So I'm in Portugal, as you know, and uh, Heather feels like Sasha and Heather's mom, Sasha's grandmother, they had like a very close bond and that even though Heather's mom's visiting us in February, it'll have been six months almost, you know, from the summer till February where Sasha and Janie, Heather's mom, have not seen one another. And so Heather made this trip to go back for Thanksgiving to L.A. And I thought about it and I was just like, ah, I just can't deal. Like I've got too much football stuff. It's a, obviously a 12-hour, it's more than 12 hours of travel. It would be 12 hours if there were a direct flight, but you have to go to London first. So it ends up being like 15, 16 hours 
not including like to and from the airport and getting there two hours early. It's a major trip. It's eight hours time difference for jet lag. And I was like, I, you know what? You guys just do it. I'm not going to do it. But I've never been away from them since Sasha was born for more than, I did go like five days to New York last March. I've done that a couple times. But this is going to be 10. And when I was away, I was like on a business trip in New York or in the States somewhere, right? Here, I'm just in the foreign country by myself, totally on my own for 10 days. So it's just like, I'm kind of tripping. They're, they're still here. Heather's like doing the dishes in the background. Sasha's sleeping. But as of, you know, four in the morning when they wake up to get to the airport, that's it. I got 10 days on my own. You got any plans? You know, obviously, um, I'm going to have a huge party. Open house. You know, you know um, open house. You know, just leave the door open. Whoever's passing by, come on in. Sure, goes um, without saying. Sure. Of course. No, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, you know? Sure. Yeah. No, that will definitely be different for you from what you've been accustomed to, though, for sure. Yep. Anyway, there's not a huge deal, but it, we will see. We'll see how it goes. Next week, I'll be podcasting from within the uh, solitary prison that is my existence. Oh, man, yeah. If you're still, let's see if you're not incarcerated. This might be your last <laughs> podcast. We'll while. see what happens, right? We'll see what happens. Anyway. All right. I, so the scary thing is I actually like this week. So we'll see if I've not, as usual, I've not looked at your picks. Um, haven't read your article yet. So uh, let's see if we overlap much here. Okay, let's do it. Thursday night. Thursday night. Um, I know that we overlap here because this is our only unanimous pick in the staff picks, but Titans plus seven at Steelers. What I, what I did this week while writing the beating the book column, and I've, I've been having a little bit of a bad run the last few weeks, not as bad as you have the whole season, but just bad for <laughs> me, is I instead of looking at the lines, I just wrote out, and I didn't try to get, you know make up my lines because whenever you try to make up the line, just looking at the schedule, I find myself trying to guess the line. Am I making up what I think the line should be or am I trying to guess what the line will be? Right. And it's just really hard to like get that out of your head when you're looking at these games. So what I did this time is I just wrote down the score. I did a projected score. I didn't stick to it every time, but I was like, I'm just going to write a score because that way I'm not thinking about what the line should be. I'm just because, you know, my score could be 41 to 7. I know the line's not 34, but it just that right. might just be my sort of the right, score that right. comes to me. So then I, and then I would go back and see what the line was. So. This game, uh, I had Steelers 23, Titans 16, and of course, the line is 7, and I'm not going to predict a push. So I went with my default, which is a home team on Thursday night, so I picked the Steelers. This is actually one that I went back and forth on, but um, as you alluded to, I picked Pittsburgh as well. They, they still have a, another level I feel like they can reach offensively, but the defense is good. Of course, the short travel week and all that. So I took I took the Steelers. It's interesting that you say this is our one and only unanimous step pick. Yep, that's right. I thought there'd be more, but when you have people like Stopa, you know, who are basically high on crack, like making picks, you never know. He's going to disrupt a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm the one who looks looks uh, inebriated based on my record this way. I actually am slipping. I'm still in second, but I'm like barely ahead of Stopa and Jeff. Pianowski's way in first, and you're. So far in last place, it's, it's unbelievable. I've had a decent decent uh, stretch run throughout the last decade. But yeah, okay. this is the worst I've had ever by far. All right, uh, let's go. What's the next? Lions minus three at Bears. I took the Bears. I just think, you know, they didn't have a great game, but they got that stupid touchback thing that happened on the Benny Cunningham play. And, you know, Lions are okay, but laying three on the road, no way. I took the Bears. Yeah, obviously this is the as I you, you do tend to go the sharp route. I get that, but the choice is so much better. Stafford actually is playing well. Uh, they have some weapons, their defense, and I just really worry about Trubisky. So I, I get that this is probably the side that eighty-five percent of the public would be on, 
but I'm just not going to overthink it. I just it's it's just the three points. I think the Lions are clearly the better team. So I I I was a sucker and picked the road favorite. Yeah, I don't know why you keep saying I like the sharp side. I don't care about the sharp side at all. This year, I don't. I'm just indifferent to that. I just think. The but Bears this is the, right the ugly side. You know what? No, it is. It, I mean, is. it is. But I'm not. I'm not trying to be on the sharp side. Okay. I don't care about that. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Next. Chiefs minus ten and a half at Giants. I took the Giants. I I think the Chiefs will score a lot of points, but the Chiefs defense is not good, and the Giants they're bad, but they can move the ball, and they're at home, and so I uh, I had it. You know, Chiefs minus ten and a half. I had the Chiefs thirty-one to twenty-one. Yeah, I took the Giants as well. I mean, maybe they are truly, truly checked out and just the bottom of the barrel. But really, now with the healthy Shepard and Ingram and and even Darkwa's running, well, I mean, they're they're okay. I mean, they're passable with some offensive weapons. And the Chiefs, for uh, you know how great of a start they got off to, their defense is is beatable as well. So this is a massive line. I mean, if it's in Arrowhead, it would be nearly seventeen points. I mean. It's a pretty big line, so I'll take more than a, than ten points for the home team. Yep. Okay. We could maybe use that, although using the Giants, I warned you last week. I like them better uh-huh. this week than last because they were a favorite last week. This is insane. Okay. Bucks plus one at the Dolphins. I took the Dolphins, but I made it twenty four twenty three when I did the score, so I, uh-huh. I actually had another push. But then I just changed it to twenty seven because I just figured. I don't know. The Dolphins are horrible, but I'll buy, I'll buy low, and the Bucks got their win. So if anyone's more desperate, it's the Dolphins. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is just whatever. It's a pick them basically, and might as well just default to the home team. It's as simple right. as that. So I'm with you. I took Miami. Two garbage teams in a garbage game. Ravens minus two at Packers. Who'd you take here? I took the Packers. I could see that the, the Ravens, I know it's a road favorite, but it's less than the three, and they're coming off a bye. Um, but I still just, I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't buy, not that anyone does, but the Ravens offense is just so bad. So, uh, I, I took the Packers at home, but this was a stay away for me. What about you? I took the Ravens. I think they're pretty hurt. I mean, they're unwatchable on offense, but I think they'll just try to run the ball. And of all four units on the field, I would trust the Ravens defense the most. Yeah. And they're got such a better coach than the Packers. So I think yeah. they'll pull it out. Yeah, like I said, I could be swayed on that one. All right, what's next? Rams, Minnesota? Who, yeah, you Rams go plus that? two and a half at Vikings. I took the Rams. Interesting. No, I wasn't strong on this. You know, it's a, it's a good test for both teams. I think the Rams' offense is creative and diverse enough that Xavier Rhodes and some of the skilled players on the Vikings' defense aren't going to be able to shut it down. So I, uh, I took two and a half points. Yeah, I took Minnesota here, but uh, again, this is a stay away for me. This, these are two. If you would have said before the season, these are two of arguably, you know, the five, six best teams in the NFL, you would have uh, called called me crazy. So, but that that's definitely the case, um, and it's uh, interesting, uh, no pun intended, that Keenum is uh, now suddenly might lose his job after that performance. That's pretty crazy for Bridgewater coming off such a serious injury. But the Rams are totally legit, the real deal. Uh, the one area in which they can be beat is against the run, and uh, Latavius Murray, maybe he's a cheap DFS option, possibly. But uh, this is uh, about the right spread, two good teams, and, and one of the better matchups this week. And the fact that Keenum is even looking over his shoulder is crazy. Like, they're 7-2. and two. He's played pretty well. The offense, you know, Thielen has been great. Diggs earlier was great, and he's getting healthy again. And you're, and you're thinking, like, who is Teddy Bridgewater? Who's some game manager that threw yeah. 25 passes a game when Adrian Peterson was carrying the ball 25 times a game two or three years ago, he wasn't even that good. Like, I don't know why Bridgewater would get his, you know, be the default guy to get his job back. Yeah, I mean, the last year he played, he got 7.2 YPA and took 44 sacks. I mean, it's right. not like he was 
It was I mean, mate, I mean, of course he could get better and he was young and whatnot, but I mean, he's coming off a serious injury in which his career was threatened. I mean, how much is he even practiced? I, I find it very bizarre as well. Right. I mean, and it's also not like Alex Smith Kaepernick where Alex Smith got hurt. It would be like if Keenum got hurt and then Kaepernick played amazing for three games and then, you know, Bridgewater was like amazing. Well, of course he should keep the job, but that's not even happened here. Like the guys, if Alex Smith never got hurt, they wouldn't have just put in Kaepernick sight unseen. Right. And Kaepernick had so much more upside than Bridgewater ever had. Right. No, it's really weird. Yeah. It's really weird. It would be awesome if they just benched Keenum, cut Bridgewater, and signed Kaepernick. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should do. All right. Cardinals plus one at Texans. Where'd you go here? Um, I, again, I defaulted the home team. I like uh, people are probably off Houston. I could see uh, what's-his-face getting completely shut down, P- Peterson shutting down. Um, what's the receiver's name I'm thinking of? Houston. Oh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, Hopkins. He's he's relatively cheap, cheap, far cheaper than usual in a lot of DFS sites. I could see him getting shut down, I guess. But but still, um, Blaine Gabbert now going on the road. I mean, I guess Arizona could win with its defense. Savage is it's pretty awful. But um, I took the Texans. But man, this is ugly. How how are you supposed to even like go over a game like this with such ridiculous quarterback play? I mean, Arizona is now yeah. to its third stringer, and Savage might be the worst in the NFL. Yeah, I mean it's friggin' barbarous, you know, to try to handicap a game like this. I uh, I took the Cardinals minus. I took the Cardinals. I just okay. I, I think the Texans are probably the value. It should be probably the full three here. They're very similar teams. These two. It's like a defense that could have been good, but just isn't really anything special. It sometimes shows up a couple playmakers. Although I don't know if the Cardinals have any playmakers because John Brown never gets a target and Larry Fitzgerald's old. Um, but Savage is just so terrible that I, I took the Cardinals. And and they'll run the ball 35 times for 60 yards, both teams, yeah. probably. Um, all right, what's next? Jaguars minus 7.5 at the Browns. Who'd you take here? I took the Browns. Um, man, the over-under is 37.5 points. is about as low as you'll see in an NFL game. Uh, another ugly uh, quarterback deal here. The Browns like to run the ball, and, and that's actually Jacksonville's one weakness. I do believe in Jack's defense overall. It's legit. It could just go crazy and win this game by itself. But they like to run the ball, and Cleveland has allowed the fewest yards per carry in the NFL. Um, so, so it'll take um, you know Jacksonville throwing more than usual. But it's going to be one of those ugly games. But I don't see the Jags as a team that wins by double digits on the road comfortably. It's probably going to be a relatively close game. But, man, Jacksonville, by the way, Take a look at their upcoming schedule. That team could be uh, like a two-seed or something, shockingly. Yeah, I took the Browns, too. I have a 2013 Jacksonville as a seven-and-a-half-point game. As you said, they match up well against them because they stop the run. Jaguars don't pass very well. And the Browns don't really have any receiver you need to shut down. It's not like Jacksonville's great corners are going to shut down Kenny Britt or something. You know, <laughs> They're just going to like dump it to the tight ends and Duke Johnson and run it a lot. It's not like they're going to do anything fancy, so... I agree with that. Redskins plus seven and a half at Saints. I know the Saints are your best, but I took the Redskins, but I don't feel strongly about it. So if you want to use the Saints, we can. I don't care. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know why. The Saints look like one of the best teams in the NFL, but it just seemed like, I, I don't know. I don't really, there was no good reason for me to take the Redskins, except that the Saints just seemed very obvious. I mean, Washington did just a couple weeks ago go into Seattle and win. So they're, they're kind of this up and down team that, that wouldn't shock me if they're super competitive in this game. But I'm just buying New Orleans as one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL right now. And it just feels like there's room for more even. I mean, they're just running down teams' throats. This has just got to open it up deep for Breeze at some point. And at home, 
what was their DVOA is like a top three pass defense. Uh, they're just legit. And I mean, yeah, the spread's more than seven, but I'm still just not sure if it's caught up. I mean, this would still be what a one point spread in Washington. And I think, I think the saints are just awesome. I, I, I think they're going to blow them out again. Yeah, it could, could very well be not, not going to fight it that much. All right. Bills plus four at chargers. This is one of my best games. I, I really like the chargers here. I mean, the Bills are playing the backup QB. The Chargers' defense is good. Chargers basically outplayed the Patriots. And, and was that in New England or was that in San Diego, that game? I can't remember when they played the Patriots a couple weeks ago. I can't remember either. Anyway, they basically outplayed the Patriots. They should have beat Jacksonville last week in Jacksonville. And the Bills, are, they don't play well on the road. And now they've got this backup no, QB. England. That was no, in New England, right? Yeah. And then, the, I mean, the Chargers are actually a good team. They obviously find these bizarre ways to lose games and it's so out of control and it's been done for so many years that you know i don't even know i don't know what to make of that and and they'll probably do something horrible to lose the cover here but this is this is my second best bet yeah so um they're three and six but they've been outscored by just five points this season so i mean that's uh but that's what the Chargers do year in and year out. So um, I actually really liked Buffalo uh, when it was Tyrod Taylor starting because the Chargers are just a team that I know the Bills have pretty extreme home road splits, but obviously playing in L.A. hasn't exactly been a great home field advantage so far. But the Chargers are always this team, right? If they're favored by four, I, I just blindly take the the other team. And if they're underdogs by four, I take the Chargers. That's what, what they covered for us last week in the Super Contest. But throw that all out the window with the with the Tyrod Taylor benching. I mean, I suddenly Chargers defense in, in DFS looks looks like a strong play. And who knows? I don't know really what Buffalo's doing, but um, apparently Taylor's done with the Bills. So I, I can see the Chargers if you want to use them now. That's out the window. The whole mindset changes. I, I do I do think Taylor is a competent quarterback. Yeah, I do too. Um, do you think the line's going to move in the Super Contest to like five and a half or something? I, it's a good question. I, it hasn't moved in Vegas Insider at all, so I would guess not. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm definitely in on the Chargers. They're my second best bet this week. Okay. Fine with me. Okay. Okay. And then uh, Bengals plus two and a half at the Broncos. I really had zero feel for this. I, I took the Bengals because it's Osweiler <laughs> giving points to a team that kind of sucks, but they're not like a league doormat. So I took the points. Oh, I actually really liked the Broncos this week. Uh, giving up less than three, people are totally down on them. Uh, they've been moving the ball okay with Osweiler, but their defense is still good, and they're just going to overwhelm Cincinnati's offensive line. It's just so bad. So I'm mean, giving less than three points. I think people are out on Denver at this point, so now is the time to buy them is what, I, is what my thinking was. Yeah, you could be right. I wasn't strong on this. The, the, the other side of it, though, is that Cincinnati's defense isn't bad. And sure. Osweiler, I mean – he's got no margin for error, right? Like, he just stands there, and he throws the ball. And last week, he wasn't bad. They moved, and he was somewhat accurate. But he's got no margin for error. He's not like, you know, Alex Smith, who doesn't make mistakes and can scramble a little bit and make a play, or Cam Newton, or even Tyrod Taylor, who can make... It's, he's got, he can't make a play, and if he makes a mistake, there's no redeeming it. It's just, he's just a statue standing there trying to throw an accurate ball. It's just an anachronism in today's NFL. You know, maybe I was talking about this on the XM show. Like Brady's like the last of the, the great pocket passers. You got to have more to your game. You got to be Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, you know, Andrew Luck when healthy, Aaron Rodgers. You got to have, you have to be able to do something. And these Osweiler types are so bad because there's, oh, yeah. no, there's no margin for error. And against the Bengals defense, I don't think they're going to have success. Yeah, even like Wentz can move around back there too. Right, so. he scrambles, right? And you look at what's happened to like Flacco and even Roethlisberger and Eli and Rivers. Yep. Those guys are dinosaurs, man. And, you know, Osweiler was a few years ago, came up and was like, oh, maybe he'll be the successor to Peyton. But 
he's a dinosaur right now. And if the and the Bengals D isn't bad, and it's just not a good it's not a good spot for him. But I hear you. I think this will be a very low. I have Broncos sixteen to fourteen. Yeah, neither team can run. Yeah, I, I can see they're, that. They're all bad. But you're right. The Bengals offensive line is horrible. All right, here's my best bet: Raiders plus six and a half uh, in Mexico City against the Patriots. I love the Patriots. Uh, okay. I, I just think the Patriots are going to win by like. I mean, I have it thirty-four twenty-three, but it could be like forty-two to seventeen easily. Uh, I think that you know the Raiders will move the ball and score a little bit, but the Patriots looked unstoppable in Denver last week, and the Raiders' defense is horrible. And I just think they're just on all cylinders. I love Brandon Cooks in DFS, Gronk, Brady. Even Deion Lewis, Rex Burkhead, whatever, anybody. I just, I just love the pass here. Yep, I'm with you. And yeah, over under is 54. But so just to put in perspective, when I first saw this line, um, I, I chose uh, easily New England, and I was thinking this game wasn't in a neutral site. <laughs> right. I later found that up. Right. So I, I'm totally with you. I, and I wrote in the stat picks my other games I especially like. This was one of them. So mark, mark this one down as one of our five without, without hesitation. Okay, will do, definitely. Eagles minus three and a half at the Cowboys. I took Dallas. I don't, I don't love it. I mean, they're missing Zeke. They're missing Sean Lee, which is pretty big. And, uh, well, and Tyron and Smith may or may yes. not play. And obviously that was a disaster last week. Though I'm sure they'll do better than giving up six sacks to one guy. But uh, I just think in Dallas on the primetime game, big-time rivalry, three and a half is a lot. So I took Dallas. Yeah, so I made Dallas my best bet the last two weeks. It worked out well the first time, not so much last week. That was a, a shocker. The left tackle missing. Smith, as you said, was, was worse than Elliott's absence. I mean, that was a total and utter disaster. Um, but um, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, Dallas, you said it's more than the field goal. I still think they're a very good team with a very good quarterback. Um, at least Dez is playing. And the, the injuries may be too much to overcome, but I got to tell you, if, if Philadelphia, you know, favored by three and a half goes into Dallas and just takes care of them, maybe they truly are the best team without question in the conference. I mean, that's a tall task to me. So I think everyone's going to be on the Eagles. They're this year's, you know, it team. But I, I, I actually really like Dallas as a home dog here. But may, I, I'm not even a Cowboys fan, but it's, I've seemingly liked them the last month against the spread. Narrative Street is like, well, Sean Lee's out. You could run all over them. And, and you know, Zeke Elliott is out. But Usually the line doesn't move more than a point or two, you know, for a key player like that that's a non-quarterback. And so this line would be Eagles oh, plus two and a half. At Lee or Dallas minus three. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be, th- this has moved to full six points from yeah. where it might be if, the, if Dallas had its full team. And it seems like a lot for... I, I, would, take, I would use the Cowboys if you're okay with it. Sure. I don't love it because, you know, these are very key players, but still Dak and Dez and the rest of the offensive line and Smith might be back. You know, I think it'll be a uh, a pretty good game. Yeah, All as right. long as it's over that three, I'll I'll double check. But okay. okay. All right. Okay. So we got one more. Falcons plus three at Seahawks. You know, Richard Sherman's out, but Earl Thomas is back. I almost think Thomas is the more valuable player. Uh, but the bigger part is I just don't trust Atlanta to force feed Julio Jones and take advantage of it. Like usually, if you're cover, if you're shut down corners down, and you've got an elite receiver, give that guy 15 targets. You know, punish them. But Julio Jones is going to get like seven, eight targets, 90 yards. And it's not going to be, it's not going to win them the game. So if they don't do that, and then you're talking about a road game in Seattle, which is a very tough venue, and then at night it's even tougher historically, um, I think the Seahawks are going to win and cover. I am with you. Before sending my stat picks, I made a last minute switch. Originally, my best bet was the Seahawks. So, okay. um, yeah, uh, I mean, Sherman is obviously not great, uh, him being out, but. 
Now, I went against Atlanta last week. They made me look foolish, but in prime time, the night game in Seattle, still a tough venue. Atlanta still has problems. I know that they've corrected some last week, but this team is still nowhere near they were last year. No, no, I mean, no, no Freeman is a thing. I mean, I know court running backs, you know, people say they're so fungible, but that's that's a loss. So um, I like Seattle here. Just the three points, I'd be happy to use them. All right. Well, let's go over the ones we're using. I guess we're taking the Seahawks and Cowboys, Patriots. The last three games, we're taking Patriots, Cowboys, Seahawks, Chargers. And you wanted to take the Saints? Is that, is that yeah. the fifth? Yep. Yep. All right. Done. That was easy. So we don't even have to yep. take the Giants, mercifully. Nope. nope. Exactly. All right. Easy. All, All right, man. Cool. Well, let's write it up. Send them in. I mean, we just have to go 5-0 and from here on out. I, I'm pretty sure if we go 5-0 and every week, we will win the contest. And that would be a sicker way of winning it, too. You know, <laughs> just finish the Dude. final whatever it is. If, what if someone went 5-0 and for, what's this, week, week 11? So right. it's seven weeks. Uh, yeah, you know, 35-0. That wouldn't just win the contest. That would be national. Like, that would have to be, like, front-page news. Because go, <laughs> go put two to the 35th in your calculator and see yeah, what it comes exactly. out to. It's like... One in a billion, basically. Yep. More. One in, like, 20 billion. Well, this is the start of it. This is it. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, man. Good All times. Right.